There are two readings this morning. The first is Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 to 20. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. I tell you the truth. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. The second reading is from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 13 to 22. In this passage, Paul reminds his readers that as Gentile Christians, they are as much a part of the church as the Jewish converts. In fact, they are now all one in Christ. Now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace. And in this one body, to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death that hostility. He came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, 
built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. This is the word of the Lord. And good morning, everybody. Can I, before I start, give a notice? On Wednesday, it's a, it's a great day in the middle of Shrewsbury. The People's Bible, which is a, a group of people who've been taking the Bible through the country, is arriving here in Shrewsbury for one day. And we're looking for volunteers to serve, say, for an hour or two between 8.30 and 4.30 to be on the street encouraging people to come and sign the Bible or to put down their favorite verse. We are, I think, about three quarters of the way down the list and they started up in Scotland. They even went to the Isle of Man, believe it or not. But so many hundreds, even thousands of people have now contributed to what will eventually be the people's Bible. So if any of you can come and help, that would be great. But certainly come and sign and put your favorite verse in. You, I don't know how it's going to be done as yet, but Wednesday is going to be at St. Julian's, which I think most of you would know, where Andrew and Lexi live. So please, your help will be grateful. Will be, I'll be very grateful. Well, today we're talking about being a people of peace. It's part of the uh, series that we're having. And there may be one or two here who recognize what I'm going to say now, that the word police means... Generally, the arrangements made in all civilized countries to ensure that inhabitants keep the peace. I can see Mike smiling at the back there. When you joined the Metropolitan Police, we had to not only pull our boots, press a new uniform, get to know each other, but learn a whole page out of the instruction book. That is the first paragraph of it by the next morning, and then you have a test. And we had only been there less than 24 hours. But the word peace actually applies to police. A police officer is a peace officer keeping the peace. Now I mention that for a particular reason, so that you can forget it, because I don't want to talk about keeping the peace as such this morning. Mainly I want to talk about peace which is in our heart and our attitude to other people. And peace itself cannot be enforced in that way. I think the peace which is sought by those who love God through the Lord Jesus is not brought about by law, not brought about by keeping a country's laws, but by keeping God's law with his spirit in us who believe. In the Old Testament days, the Hebrew word shalom, which means completeness, Jerusalem in fact means possession of peace, and in the New Testament, the Greek irony means unity and concord. And it's probably that second meaning which is most pertinent to us as a church and as God's people. <clears throat> we look in general as to see what the scriptures say and ask ourselves, what kind of people are we? I wonder why I was asked to 
speak this morning. It might have been because I was a policeman at one stage. I'm still learning to be a man of peace, as my wife, if she lets the secret out, might tell you. I'm still one of those who's learning to try and be a peaceful man. Listen to this little story about the goats. <clears throat> there were two goats on a very narrow track on the side of a precipitous mountain with a steep drop thousands of feet below. Two goats were walking in opposite directions and came together nose to nose. There was no way round apart from losing the life of one. And so one goat knelt down, lay down, and let the other goat step over it. Now I think that's a story for us. I'm not pleased calling you goats. <laughs> I wouldn't dare do that. But this is the story there of humility and of one giving way to the other. So there's no argument, and so there's no loser, and there's no winner. To me, that's a great lesson for us, and a consideration of peace. So three things I want to talk about. That is, Christians, that we are called to be different, people of peace. And that we're called to be devout as people of peace. And the obvious one, we're called to be disciples as people of peace. <clears throat> Peter writes in his second chapter that you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So if we're going to be people of peace, it's in gratitude to what God has done for us and is doing for us. And Peter goes on to say this, that we should live such good lives in this world that people in seeing us may see that it's God within us, showing proper respect to everyone. And to this we have been called because Christ suffered for us, leaving us an example to follow in his steps. And Paul says something very similar, have the mind of Christ. In this world, we need to be people seen to be different. And it starts by people who are different being together as one, at peace with one another, here in the fellowship. Peter continues in the third chapter, to conduct ourselves as God's people, living in harmony with one another, being sympathetic, compassionate, and humble, seeking peace and pursuing it. Because in our hearts, we need to claim Christ as Lord. Our reading this morning, or the first part of it, is so clear about hearing and bearing with one another. The worldly way is to argue. If someone within the church does something which is wrong, or it's harmful to us, we should try to sort it out amicably between the two of us. If there's no solution or repentance, Jesus says, we sort it out with witnesses alongside. And then, if no change of heart, perhaps discipline. But even that has to come peacefully. 
We don't get in a boxing ring and see who's going to win. That is not the answer. Jesus says in this situation, he is in the midst. It is so sad that some churches are ruined by people at enmity with each other. Some of you may not know this, but one of our previous pastors down at Purley was asked to speak at an anniversary service. He was a good speaker, renowned and always being booked up. But he had difficulty in preparing for this service at a particular Baptist church. To the point that he arrived there still with nothing in his notes, nothing in his mind. And of course, the great accolade when the chairman introduced Frank Cook to be our guest speaker today. And Frank got to the lectern and simply looked at the congregation and said, I have nothing for you. Now what brave man as a speaker could do that? I wouldn't have dared do that this morning. But Frank did. And there was absolute silence. And of course people were thinking this must be part of what he's going to say in a moment. But he didn't. And someone at the back stood up and said, I believe I'm the cause of this today. I'm the secretary of the church, many of you know that. And the treasurer who's sitting over there and I had an argument some weeks ago and we haven't spoken to each other since. And he got up from his chair and came across to the treasurer and they obviously said something to each other. They hugged each other. And as they did that, someone else stood up and said, well, I've had an argument with so-and-so and I'm not speaking to them. And it began to happen as a ripple through this church, ruining its witness Enabling God to speak, not through Frank Cook, but through the Holy Spirit, teaching that we don't have arguments. Now, if that might be the case here, I don't know that it is, but it's something we've got to watch out for because we are not necessarily people of peace, if that's the way. People called to be different. The world's ways to argue, our way, surely, is to be peaceful. Secondly, we're called to be devout. And the Greek word links up grace. For instance, in Romans chapter 1, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. We have God's riches at Christ's expense, as somebody once put it. We have his peace in us. It's linked with the Holy Spirit. The mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. So if we're not peaceful people, we're actually putting a barrier between us and the Holy Spirit working in us. It's linked with righteousness. The kingdom of God is a matter of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. You see how the three are coming together. It means that we should be upright in our words and reactions and in our dealings with others. And fourthly, it's about sanctification. May the God of peace sanctify you through and through that through you, the Holy Spirit, in body and soul, we may be kept blameless till the coming of the Lord Jesus. We're called to be different. We're not called to be churchgoers. We're called to be different so that people within us, within the church, know us as that. And people outside the church see us as people who are different. And thirdly, we're called to be disciples. Well, you might say this is very obvious, and in a sense I agree. But I think it needs to be stressed this morning if we're to be people of peace. In Greek, 
The word for disciple means that we are taught or trained, that we're disciplined people. That's why when we come to church and to small groups, we continue our training so that our biblical knowledge and our manner of life blend together. People of peace are disciplined people. People who are known for their quiet reactions, for their calming influence, that air of grace when listening and speaking. Robin Oak, I hope you're listening. People who are ready to forgive, we have, should have qualities which mark us out as people to be different. And as the Hebrew writer says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but later produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained. Where are we on that this morning? Peter's second letter in chapter 3 says, make every effort to be spotless and blameless and at peace with God. And James underlines it in chapter 3, we need to be wise and this wisdom comes from heaven, which is first pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace for a harvest of righteousness. Discord cannot produce righteousness. And all that we've heard this morning from Tim is aiming towards that time when we are cemented as one people, but people who are seen to be different here in Baston Hill and wherever we are. On another tack, sometimes we're very critical of government and of local authorities, of our seniors in business and our teachers. I, I know, am an old man. I accept that. And I don't play rugby anymore. But I think the more... Uh, years that I put on, if I'm not careful, the more critical I am of other people. Because people don't do the things that I like it done. I'm sad that that happens. And it is sad that older people are singled out because we're critical people. Paul's instruction to Titus was clear. Be subject to rulers and authorities, being obedient, ready to do whatever's good, slander no one, and be peaceable and considerate, showing humility to all. That should happen in the church as well as outside. True happiness and satisfaction is for peacemakers, those who are the instruments to make peace between God and man, and between man and man. You remember Jesus said in the Beatitudes, blessed are the peacemakers. That was one of his priorities, that we be people of peace. Yes, we're God's chosen people. We must clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience, bearing with each other and forgiving whatever grievances we may have because we forgive as the Lord forgave us. Over all these virtues, put on love which binds us together in perfect unity. I believe that when Christians are at peace with one another, the world can more see the Prince of Peace in us. Yes, we're called to be different. In a world of strife and of argument, of discord, of noise, spitting, unshaven, drunkenness and obscenity, 
Something must be different about us, surely. We are called to be different. And the biggest difference with our Christian faith is to be seen as people of peace in a world of discord. And don't forget this. Peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit. And a fruit is useless if it's left on the tree. It has to be picked to be tasted. And so that is not just a discord. The peace which we have comes from the Holy Spirit. And finally, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Be like Jesus, this my song, in the home and in the throng. Be like Jesus all day long. I would be like Jesus. I'd love to have sung that to you, but that might have put you off. You'd have run out of there not very peaceful. But let's just pray, and that will be my conclusion. Let's pray together. Lord, make us channels of your peace. Where there's hatred, let us bring your love. Where there's injury, your pardon. And where there's doubt, true faith in you. Where there's despair in life, may we bring hope. And where there's darkness, only light. Where there's sadness, may we bring joy. May we see that it is in forgiving that we are seen to be forgiven people. Help us, Lord, that it is in giving to others that we receive. And in dying to self that we are assured of eternal life. Help us, Lord, in being that channel of peace that we are able to console others, truly understand them, and to love with, with that love with which you have loved us. In Jesus' name, amen.